Uh, you know, I was reading a magazine the other day. Uh, it was called Man's World. And I was really? like, wait, isn't that just World, the magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Because we live in a man's world. So you don't have to really like be explicit about it and release a magazine. <laughs> but, uh, but I was reading that and I saw, uh, um, you know, and, and ironically enough, Man's World magazine had done a feature on women who are uh, working in a man's world oh. in like man industries that's a that's definitely like a catchy clickbaity uh title that i've seen many a time on facebook or instagram or something yeah the first woman to the first the yeah. you know the, the the woman in a man's world yeah. that's that's always a nice like uh, pr selling point totally it totally <laughs> is uh the media loves those kind of things when i was growing up I was definitely a little tomboy. Is that right? And I played every sport under the sun. Oh, yeah? I went from soccer practice to tennis practice to cross country, which is running uh-huh. uh, practice. I played basketball. Uh, I raced uh, skiing, cross country skiing. And I played lacrosse. I was all sports all of the time. When did you go to school? Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what part of this is you studying in a classroom? That sounds amazing, though. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, uh, I went to homeroom. <laughs> <laughs> what is homeroom? <laughs> what is homeroom? Oh, my gosh. So homeroom was like... Because that's my house, okay. <laughs> <laughs> homeroom was something that we had that was like the transition from the nest that is your actual home with your family into the school day. This was something that you had every day at the start of the day. It was like the buffer for everyone either being late or Ooh. being frazzled or being their pants or whatever. <laughs> you had like this 30 minutes, which was where you sort of gathered and prepared for the day. That's really cool. Um, and then you just like, so you did like your half an hour of like gathering and preparing for the day and then 12 hours of sports. <laughs> <laughs> like 30 minutes later, I was like, school and done. <laughs> Having said that, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of cool that uh, you played that much sports. I did. And my favorite sport was this sport called lacrosse. I'm not that angry with you. Why are you <laughs> cross with me? So lacrosse is this sport that is basically it's a field the size of a football field, okay. right? A soccer field. And then imagine, you know, field hockey. Uh, yeah. Okay. So imagine field hockey. But then instead of the stick being on the ground... And the ball being on the ground, it's basically like a net, like a butterfly net <laughs> in the air with a small round ball. Listen, and it's extremely aggressive. Oh, really? Oh, it's extremely aggressive. You like it's it's uh, like you hip check people. It's like where you would basically run into someone to destabilize them. And the other way you would get the ball out of the butterfly net is that you would you would slice in the air with this stick. To hit the other person's stick, but you would oftentimes like hit knuckles and it's quite an intense sport. And now it is popular in in high schools in the United States. Lacrosse. Yeah, lacrosse. So, but here's the thing. From all of these sports. Yeah, yeah America is the only country in the world that plays baseball and has a World Series. I don't even know how you all do it. Like, Our world is us. Okay? And these are the series. Which is such a terrifically US-centric point of view. But um, one thing that I think has served me from playing all of these sports is now I work in this very male-dominated profession. So I do video production and film production and radio production. Yeah. Which is 
women are definitely the minority. Like if you look at the roles behind the camera uh, that are more, say, cinematographers and directors, I think globally it's less than 5% of us wow. are women. Um, but I think one thing that I learned from sports is, one, just feeling comfortable in my in my body, feeling comfortable in teams, feeling comfortable being sort of aggressive and... Well, and even I feel comfortable, uncomfortable saying the word aggressive because it sounds so unfeminine. Yeah. Um, but but basically being okay with occupying space and being in this mixed environment. And uh, that's one thing that I've really gotten from sports. That's pretty cool. And, and that has sort of, I mean, it's almost like a thing that has carried you through your life. I am less conscious of my role as a woman there than I am just in the general atmosphere of life outside of my work. And that, then, really? I'm, then I'm technically like a woman in a man's world. You know, I never played any sports. I never played any sports. And I think it's part of my personality is my complete lack of hand-eye coordination. And <laughs> also, I think, you know, maybe it is responsible for who I am today. Because I remember, it's very embarrassing when you're like the last one picked for every sport. And so, <laughs> or you're like constantly chafing. Like, I used to shave in areas that no rubbing was happening. Like, I would be shaving <laughs> on my face if I ran like faster than walking. <laughs> well, but, but when I was sitting, you know, when I was sitting at the back there with like, you know, the six of us who hadn't been picked for anything, we used to find ways to entertain ourselves quite substantially. And I remember, you know, like, Gaining a lot of attention during that time, which is my currency, by the way, attention. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember like we used to sta sit there and make fun of everybody who was on the field, even though they were doing so much better than us. I mean, because they were doing so much better than us. Um, you know, just to make ourselves feel better, I would sit there and crack jokes. Um, and so maybe, yeah, sports shaped me also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being on the field and off the field, uh, it still shaped me. You know, one of the things that, well, when I think of myself as being, you know, one of few women in my profession. Yeah. It makes me really think about like what your experience must have been like, because you were one of the first female stand-up comedians. Yeah. Here. What was that like? I used to constantly be worried about what I was wearing. Uh, you know, um, the the pitch of my voice is something that I remember reading these comments on, you know, I, I had done, like I posted my first video. And I remember reading these comments and they were all like, oh my God, I hate the sound of her voice. She laughs so irritatingly. And I was like, really? And you go look at like a man's stand-up videos. There are none of these comments. Hmm. Um, you know, and so you're, if you even if you don't use it in your head, even yeah. if you're not carrying it to stage in your head, people's gaze reminds you, and people's reactions remind you. They have um, the 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 same thing as with radio reporters. Is that uh, right? Yeah. So female radio reporters receive way more negative feedback on their voice and reporting. Oh wow! Than, than men, I think it's a. You know, a, a woman's voice is either like too quiet or too shrill or there's vocal fry or, you know, one of these one of these accusations are, are circulated yeah. about women uh, radio reporters. In retrospect, I think the thing that hits me like a ton of bricks every time that someone says, oh, you were like the first one to do it, was that I was surrounded by an incredible amount of privilege. You know, I was, I... Uh, I really, I, I feel like I've been born to the best people. Of course, everyone thinks they've been born to the best people. <laughs> but uh, I, I was born, you know, my mom uh, worked in entertainment. She is in production as well. And again, she was one of the first few yeah. in the country to do it, uh, to work back, uh, you know, 
uh, behind the camera in production. What decade was this? This was in the 80s. So mm. this was in in fact when my mother um, when she adopted me is when she started working. Yeah. And um this was this was about 83 and uh, she so when I started doing stand up because stand up and there was no industry there was mm. no sort of precedent. Sure. And that can be very confusing for the average parent where they're like what path are you taking because there's there is no path. Yeah. Where are you going then? Absolutely. And so um and and because stand up is the kind of profession that takes place in the middle of the night i mean not yeah. middle, but like late enough in the night so when you're coming back home uh you know it's it becomes late it's 11:30 it's 12 sometimes and so i had a very understanding mother even the quality of masculinity attached to humor that what are you going there and making people laugh dude they're not laughing with you they're laughing at you <gasps> yeah and that shame that comes my my dad was very like open to it he was like oh my god you're getting laughs that's delightful and <laughs> And so they were both incredibly supportive of this attempt that I was making. Uh you know they were the ones providing the late night taxi money for me to come back home uh for the first 3 years. Um and so I I was very lucky and maybe not as lucky as the men uh who were doing stand up but definitely much luckier than you know I know millions of women out there I just happened to be in the right place right time uh you know right economic strata right social strata um which made me the first uh to be able to do this um and that's why i think actually the story of someone who comes first is always so fascinating it's because you've you've sort of you've you've sort of blazed a path into uncharted territory and i think why it's so important to hear the stories of the women who are the first of their name in any field is because you know when they turn around we want to see the path that they've blazed doesn't get covered up in grass again mm. you know that you blaze that path and then you set it down in stone and tar so that women that come after you um you know don't feel the same sense of loneliness the same sense of struggle uh, that you had um or the or face the same discrimination and biases that you had and so i think their stories i think are incredibly important um which is why we are very excited uh, to have with us journalist and sports commentator Mayanti Langer on the Women in Labor podcast Warm Women in Labor welcome to Mayanti Langer yay, yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me here. And a thousand apologies before the show. You'll understand that later. <laughs> that could not be a better intro. <laughs> that could not be a better intro. You know, um, in fact, one of the one of the things when we when uh, when she was like, "Mayanti Langer is coming," so I said, "Listen, Mayanti has been the only woman in a man's world for so long now. I am hundred percent sure there's <laughs> she a has set stories. of questions <laughs> that she has been asked hajar times. Yeah. yeah. Like, so what are the questions that you've been asked continuously? I think that one is the first. How do you feel like, um, you know, how do you feel to be a woman in a man's world? I think that's the most common one. But that comes down to perceptions because a lot of people think it's a man's world. I don't think. Yeah, I do mainly men's sports. Yeah. Yes, there are more uh, men that you see um, 
you know, in front of the screen. But behind the scenes, there are a lot of women that I have worked. That's grown. I think that number has grown in terms of cricket producers who are women and, you know, those sort of things. I've worked with a lot of women in star sports, right? actually. I think one thing that's interesting is for, like, both of us, we work in professions that are also really male-dominated. Yeah. Yeah. I work in production. A DT. Is a stand-up comedian. Yeah, which you would only think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she was one of the first few that I was like, you know, this perception of women aren't funny. I'm like, yeah. dude, we're the funniest. We put up with the most. <laughs> most? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But stand-up comedy is... Life like, for us is funny. Thank okay? you. Thank you. Thank you. So well said. Yes. So well said. Yeah. And that's what it's been. And I get very sick when people are like, what's it like to be a woman in comedy? I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's like... To be a man in comedy, <laughs> <laughs> it is like that. Yeah. What's a day in your life like? Like, I still remember. I f- I started in football, and I I I think my first real stadium experience was in what we call the Salt Lake Stadium in Calcutta, which now is seated, but it could seat like a a lakh, which was one of the biggest in Asia. And I was pretty much the only girl in crew, and oh man, in my twenties, and this is Indian football and woman football. What's going on? I remember very clearly, there was no women's loo. So a huge part of my career in the beginning was me having to ask for facilities like, can we have a woman's loo that is open, that is clean? And, you know, that perception changed with the production crew as well when they realized there are more women now coming in the workforce. Mm. So it was small things like that that you wouldn't mm. necessarily think of, which were actually the biggest struggle in the beginning. For example, if we were, you know, traveling by road somewhere, I'm like, dude, I can't just stop anywhere. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. have to plan it differently. So these sort of things really change now, I yeah. feel. when you yeah. and, and that was one of the reasons why I didn't see that many women in stadium as, um, as fans and viewers as well, because the facilities just weren't there. And I think that has really changed. Now, that's one of the biggest things. And therefore, there are more women, I feel, in this work, you know, your workplace as well, because these are things that are not limitations. It's just small like commonsensical things yeah, to have yeah. to keep in mind it's nice. it's maybe women in the workplace don't know how to ask for these sort of things like yeah. uh, listen there's no bathroom for me yeah it's because yeah. you feel ashamed I didn't have that shame I'm like guys <laughs> there ain't no bathroom I ain't coming teacher may I go to toilet please I mean these are things that just had to be done and they were very kind enough to help me along with that process but I had to do it. I couldn't have any shame or like, how can I ask? And oh, they'll know I'm going to the bathroom. No, I mean, you know, it let me get on with my job. Did you have really like um, sort of like progressive parents while growing up? Did you grow up in a very open environment? I guess you? now looking at things, I'm, I guess I did. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I mean, when I look back, I'm just like, okay, I'm the daughter of an army man and a school teacher. My grandmother, my nanny, for example, um, you know, lost everything in partition at 22 She's building a life again and she's working to put her younger brother's, you know, education first and life first. And I was, I mean, I started working when I was 21. Maybe that's why, maybe that gene just carried of, and she worked till she was 80, 85. Whoa. Wow. My mom is still working post-retirement. So it's just, I just had those examples in my life. Now when you think about it, you know, yes, it is progressive. Because they managed to have children and have families and get married and still do all of it. Did you you play a lot of sports as a kid? Yeah, I did. I wasn't great at it. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly that gene passed me. I I was always interested in sports. 
I guess that was part of uh, my dad being in the army, just encouraging sure. that, huh. you know, encouraging my brother and I to take up sports. We were in the States for a bit and that was great. I think that was a very significant period because I was just before my teen years and school you know, weekend sports in America are just a different level. Yeah, yeah. And my brother and I got exposed to that. So we were swimming, we were playing football, we were doing tennis, we were just doing all of these sort of things about how activity and the skills that it teaches you, you know, like getting to know other kids and team bonding and being part of a team. And, you know, eventually these are all work-life skills when yeah. you start yeah, working absolutely. in an organization uh, that just come yeah. into play. And that's why my parents thought it was important. It's not like they're like, okay, you know, we've got the next whatever. But it was more like, uh, look, it's it's exercise is important. Yeah. Activity is important. And they're great, uh, you, know, you know, bonding sort of skills that you learn. And... I guess that's where the interest in sport grew. I did always yeah. have more of an interest in sport than other things. I like watching it. I was always one of the guys in school. Yeah. I still am clearly one of the guys. <laughs> and how did you, when did you first get this idea into your mind about this career path? That I didn't have at all. Okay. I was very happily going to go to art school and be like art a graphic school. designer. But um, this happened very much by accident. Mm -hmm. There was a new channel starting and they're like, we might know someone who can do sports in front mm -hmm. of TV, especially because it was football at that stage. It was Indian football and they really weren't that many girls who people knew about being interested in football. They were, but not like in front of the camera. So it just worked out. It was football. It was my comfort zone. Cricket, I was like, I'm not getting involved with. <laughs> no chance. Don't know the game. Don't follow it. But uh, football, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Grown up playing football, watching football. You know, this is this is cool. This is easy. Yeah. And that's just kind of snowballed into a career. It's amazing, actually. I, the reason I started watching uh, cricket was because of Mandira Bedi. Of course. Yeah. I did not know about cricket. I didn't have a difference. My mother and father were sitting there and praying for the cricket mm -hmm. team to win. And, <laughs> and hey, people still do that. Okay, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's what drives this. You, you cannot imagine the number of times yeah. they would stop me from going to the toilet because they were like, oh, last okay. time the toilet pe gai thi, wicket giri. See, it's a problem for women everywhere. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> While I'm standing there, legs squeezed together because yeah. their team has yeah. to win. But it was the first time that I watched. Uh, I mean, I watched cricket because I was like, "Who is this woman? And what is she true, doing?" True. And um, and I was just sort of fascinated with her and seeing someone like me there. Yeah. Did you like who was your um, person like that? And I don't think, with all due respect to Mandra, I don't think I had that person because I, I wasn't interested in the sport. Hmm. It wasn't that I wasn't interested in her at that. I never grew up watching cricket, which is strange to say, right? Yeah. I never grew up watching cricket. So my first real experience with cricket was in about 2009 when I was asked to host a cricket, I'd rather forced to host a cricket tournament. What because it was, What's the story behind that? Because it was, uh, uh, it was something called the ICL, the Indian Cricket League before IPL started. Mm -hmm. And it was with my network at the time. And mm. they're like, कोई <laughs> 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 <la
before i step out and if there's a player you know there's someone behind the scenes who organizes that little yeah. meet up now if i don't know the sport then that person will produce me and be like listen these are the three questions there'll be women who do that as well you know i've worked with women producers who'll be like chalo acha ye teen char questions you know in the past these are the sort of things that happen so i i, I it's funny that we don't know yeah. actually how yeah. many are involved behind the scenes but i think there are quite a few that's you know? great to yeah. know yeah. that's good to know mayanti what are you doing when you're not on camera like when you're chilling like, dude <laughs> clearly <laughs> things like this like it's the work life balance uh, so i live in bangalore so i shuffle between two cities when i'm not working on camera <clears throat> making sure the rest of my house is there um, playing the housewife Clearly, Money. handling the house, the bills, the chores, the dishes, the food. We don't have a cook yet because we both travel. So, for Stuart, that's announced me. here. My auntie <laughs> also does unpaid work. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Normal. Uh, I, I unfortunately for my husband do cook for him occasionally. It's <laughs> not great. Yeah, I feel really sorry for the poor guy. <laughs> he didn't know what he was getting Look himself. Look like he's eating. Like they, they, yeah. चाहिए कि नहीं चाहिए मतलब sorted. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's that's the rest of my life. Just yeah. try and balance the rest of my life. My husband also travels a lot, oh, so yeah. try and just meet him. You know, we try and meet wherever we In can. In airport terminals. Actually, <laughs> that hasn't happened another. yet. <laughs> It could happen. Um, yeah, I think the. that's that's it this you you're so invested in this job and mm. it takes so much uh, and it's great but it takes so much of uh, i wanted to try and have it all you know i'm still trying to have it all yeah. and obviously i have someone who's 
a partner who's very supportive in that. Yeah. And he understands uh, the short shelf life that you might have in this career and the kind of extremes that you have in his career. We have to be on this journey together. So understands that, okay, listen, sometimes I'm going to be away from home and you've got to handle that. And I think that's what's been helpful. And if we're talking about women who leave the workplace, maybe they don't have that. And, yeah. you know, it's it's very hard. The work-life balance is really hard. I don't want to believe that you have to give up one aspect, that you have to give up on your personal life to be a great professional. I've had someone who's told me that <laughs> before. Mm. What? And I think you know? oftentimes women, we face this, you can be one thing, right? Yeah. You can be good at being at home, but you can't be good at being at home and then also one other thing. You know, so I think we, even as women... Sometimes we have to challenge ourselves to think about like we can be so many yeah. of these things that yeah. overlap in beautiful little Venn diagrams. Mm. Look, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, I pretty much still struggle. What was it like the first time you walked into one of those massive stadiums? Yeah, I. you know, that's the funny part. I, I don't ever think I even when I it's not a profession I wanted. Right. But I never really got overawed or scared or uh, nice. overwhelmed. Or starstruck, for that matter, which is what I think has really helped me. Because you meet so many incredible personalities and you're interviewing absolute legends at times. And sometimes it'll be like Bollywood stars will also come or just stars from other. And I think that really helped because you could just get along with the job. Uh, So I don't ever remember really being taken back or overwhelmed. But there are certain situations... Juan Kadeh is one. Whoa. The stadium here. Yeah. Where if you're doing... Coming game, into this podcast? You're just... Oh, this is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I came in early because I was just like, I gather my thoughts. <laughs> Calm myself down. <laughs> but that's my answer. She'll come early for anything and she will do it really well. I better do it now after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but no, I just don't think I had it. You know, so sorry, no tips there. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. What about Aditi when you... You first did your first time coming into like a crowded theater. What did that feel like? Uh, I don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> it's so traumatic you blanked it out. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I would love to recount this for my general humiliation. Was a, uh, I so I did my first open mic. I, I did an open mic audition, nailed it. Okay, and I had this series of jokes about how my father is a Punjabi, and so he does not say. Uh, he does. He can't say bears. He says beards, <laughs> and that and that changes the meaning, the entire story of Goldilocks and the three beards. Because so <laughs> Goldilocks yeah, became a beard, yeah, yeah. so that is why she went and s- slapped in the bed of the bear beards because she was thirsty, she drunk. Thi. So now I have written this into a fantastic story. I'm like, Aditi, tu to. I go for the open mic audition, nailed it. Okay, come out too confident. I get a call from the owner of the club. Like as soon as I'm walking out, he's like, "We have a show tonight, uh, and it is a corporate show for the Young Beep organization." Hmm. I get on stage, and then I don't remember what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I remember Hmm. saying, like, I remember starting my joke, and then somebody in the front row started talking to me. And because I was complete, like I was, mm-hmm. uh, I had done stand-up for 40 minutes before that. So it's not even like a super experience. <laughs> so he starts talking. I start becoming what I think is a stand-up, like a stand-up comedian should say. So I'm like, sir, nice Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, it's a joke ball now. <laughs> oh man, that's that's my. I don't remember what happened after that. Man, that's tough. I do not remember what tough. happened after that. I think I said sorry, sir, and may I go to toilet? And I left. Like, <laughs> Thousand apologies, sir. Yeah, bathroom. Yeah, let me feel it. 
thousand apologies and i fucked off so hard yeah uh, that i did uh, that now i'm a stand up comedian <laughs> the trauma took me so long Man, that is uh, my first time and it was that horrifying is, that is tough yeah, see i don't see the audience right nice. got to remember That's that true. you're just seeing the camera and you it's like how three of us are talking here it's such a fun environment to work huh? in you know so it's uh, i it's a fear factor isn't there yeah what it's a live tv yeah. you make a mistake you can try and cover it up yeah. or you can move along i mean it's that's that's just i think that's one way to look at it yeah. you know the place that you do i think uh, like especially our generation has the uh, burden and the pleasure of uh, interacting with people online <laughs> i don't do it no. and, uh, look i both my husband and i turned off our comments on instagram Oh, we just nice. made it, and and it's kind of actually lost us endorsements where people were like, "No, we we, we want, want you to uh, audience interaction." Yeah, stuff. yeah. I do have a serious problem with social media uh, because I think we're encouraging bullies, which is not okay in normal life. So it shouldn't yeah. be okay in you know on Online. social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. And it is again bullies who you won't necessarily meet in face, you know, face to face. Yeah, who would never or say that should be your face? You know, yeah. I mean, I haven't till today. I haven't really met anyone who's done that. I think it was so important to cut out the negativity. Also, that's not the only thing that's going to give me validation. Yeah. Mm. So it's maybe because to some extent it's my professional still doesn't totally depend on social media and interactions yeah. and um yeah. you know the results of what I do don't necessarily depend on that. So maybe that's why I can step away yeah. from it. I don't think everyone can in yeah. this industry. We, can you? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> now I've become immune. Like you now, to be immune, the things yeah. I've read and heard about myself, I'm like, who is this person? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be her. Like, yeah. <laughs> she sounds a lot more fascinating than me. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, <laughs> and the like the pe- the best of the theories that people have about my marriage are like, dude, they must really think <laughs> we're like some very like like ultra level smart people to conspire that you're know, just normal people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this is one thing like. we were looking at was the fact that um and and you know whenever like anushka sharma mm. and virat kohli are out there you know anushka sharma gets harassed Man, straight up harassed true. when uh, you know uh, virat kohli is i don't know sneezing too hard right unka pata nahi standard hi kya hai with you and stuart it's not been as sort of yeah, it's, like sometimes it's been bad brutal. but you're right yeah yeah because i love every time that someone says something you put out a picture of you and stuart you're like yeah lo yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i haven't done that in a while i should waiting for the next opportunity kar do kar do just do it <laughs> be like responding to the trolls it doesn't matter there are none yeah what if you all fought damn badly and then she goes and she's damn happy yeah. on screen like ye to badi khush hai yahan pata jhagad ke gayi hai but you know we made small rules we're like okay before a game before a show we're just not going to be those people it's nice. uh, because he has That's to good. be in the zone and i you know so that was great that was one thing that we really respected about each other's professions listen every couple is going to have some argument with the other yeah. about things but you know before a game it was always like every morning you know best of luck and before a show you always wish we just give each other that space before that because we understand uh Uh, again your bad day if it translates onto the field or if it translates in the studio you're gone you know you yeah. just can't do that yeah that's true that's i mean you know what i really like the idea this like what is um to the guys uh, to the uh, to all the men listening to this podcast that's about uh, my dad uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the <laughs> yeah, yeah what is the advice uh, 
you would give to uh, like uh, maybe tell us what like something that uh, your partner has done for you that like like this is wonderful that mm. you all decide to give each other space before a game or a show ah, we so, understand so, that you want to keep us safe and secure and protected from the world TK it's a good thing you must you would want to do that for anyone that you love, love. Yeah. Uh, but be a little open minded yeah you would have had to do the same thing in your own profession so mm. she has to do this she has to find that same balance as well we're asking everybody who comes on the podcast mm. if there's one thing that listeners can do to uh make workplaces more friendly for mm. women so our listeners include probably mostly women and a dt yeah. dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is- my mom also now after this okay <laughs> she watches every show to see what earrings i'm wearing okay so mama i know you're also listening to this <laughs> their hoops aadi they are very pretty bahut sajri hai aapki ladki yahan pe i think we just come back to the basics the conversations i i i think things like look what a woman goes through sometimes uh is very natural so uh you know things like even menstruation and things like that you know yeah. these are things that are going to they don't affect your work but it's something you have to deal with on a yeah. daily basis yeah it has to be accommodated yeah so you just have to understand sometimes that there will be like okay I, i can't take a weekend trip or i can't do these sort of things so i i think a, a woman should have a space where she's allowed to have these conversations and also conversations about consent about yeah. if you are comfortable in a place or not comfortable in a place women who choose to have children who will be yeah. pregnant mm. in the workplace yeah could yeah. eat your meals on time you know you got to sometimes take you you know these yeah. sort of things that is yeah. going to happen uh yeah those are things that uh, would be great if women just felt that they had the confidence to say that listen this is what i need right now it does not make me any less valid as a worker or as a professional or bad at my job it's yeah. just something i'm going through which you're not going to go through dude you just got to understand thank you so thank you. much thank for you. coming by my dear this you. was so much fun <laughs> and thank you it was a lot of fun yeah. to have these conversations actually i think they're very important women in labor is made by christina mcgilvery laura quinn aditi mittal manya sachdeva sonakshi chowdhury nandita gupta sonali thakkar Ipti Patnaik, Rose Higgins, Porva Jassy, Regina Hawkins, Kashish Sethi, and Priyanka Verma. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center New Delhi. The opinions, findings, and conclusions stated are those of women in labor and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. For more information on the podcast, visit womeninlabor.com or search Women in Labor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.